You know a lot about golf. It's us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton right here in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave somewhere in Indiana. When when you're the director of instruction at, what, about 113 different golf courses at the moment, isn't it, Jeff? Well, I'm trying to whittle it down to two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. When I get up in the morning, I, I leave my house in Columbus and I go to Timbergate and I teach a few in the morning and it's still pretty hot. 90 plus degrees right now already. So what I do is I teach a little bit and then... I got to go cool down. So best thing to do when I cool down, I drive up to the Sagamore. <laughs> Takes me an hour in a cool air conditioning. And I roll onto the lesson tee and the putting green at the Sagamore. I teach for a handful of hours there, a bunch of different people. I get out to the golf course, do a few videos, and then get back in the car, cool off again. And then I show up back at Timbergate. You know, I'll do a clinic or I'll do something in the, in the late evenings where I get people there because it's cooled off to get more people. And then I got time inside the studio in there and... What a day. Pete's working for a living, anyhow. You know what I'm saying? Well, teaching golf, the time that it's work is when I wind up working with people who don't really want to do it. I can imagine. You know, and yeah. that's the hard one right there is when they really aren't aren't there, that they don't really want to. A lot of times it's a young person that the parents are really kind of pushing them a little bit harder than they want to be pushed. Right. That's when teaching golf becomes really hard. Yeah people who really want to be there, it's, it's a whole lot of fun because it's a conversation. It's people get to learn what is it that they're going to be getting better at and how they're going to do it. And they're always interested. It definitely is. And and I got to tell you, man, um, something happened in your conversations during our live show last Sunday from Chariot Run down in Laconia. Yep. We played nine holes because it was like 102% or, or 102 degree feel like temperature because it was 80 something percent humidity uh nine was about all we could handle before we wilted but uh intrepid producer mark who listened intently as you were berating me for an entire hour which, <laughs> which we, we still have to have a conversation about but something happened inside of him chariot run is not an easy golf course you know it's a lynx style course there's lots of trouble there's lots of water there's lots of heather yeah Six out of nine holes, he parred. Mark, Mr. I only have a short game because I don't hit it long at all. All of a sudden, he's got it going on, huh? Yeah. Six out of nine. Six out of nine. So I remember my uh, elementary school math that reduces that fraction to two-thirds. 67% of the holes, he parred. I think that's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, that, That was obnoxiously good. He didn't make a he didn't make a twelve on the other one, did he? No, he didn't. He bogeyed. Maybe one double. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't lose any balls. And that's usually how we keep scoring that course. Yeah, that's right. You know. <laughs> Come out on the positive end of that, everybody's smiling at the end of the day, that's right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um if if you weren't around or if you're not someone who lives locally here to us and you can't listen on uh, Sundays with our live show at 11 o'clock on 96.1 FM, the big exports radio, why don't you just go right now to thoseweekendgolfguys.com and you can check it out uh, through our archives through audioboom.com, the, uh, the podcast site. Check it out. Somewhere in there, I'm not sure what it was Jeff said, I stopped listening after about uh, 13 or 14 minutes of him telling me how bad I was at no, I certain things. No, I didn't say that. I was just merely pointing out that there's some practice that's necessary. There's some practice necessary, and you were pointing out people who are loath to do it, and you just used me as as, a, uh, as an example. I understand. Yeah. I, I was close. Right. We were really speaking to the math. I was convenient. You were just holding me up like straw dog. Right. That's all you were doing. Something like that. And I appreciate it immensely. Yeah. And uh, it's hot, so I still haven't practiced. <laughs> but I did notate things I needed to work on. Good. So No, actually, what I think it was was the putting, the techniques on, on putting on fast greens. Because he yeah. was, he was I don't think he, he uh, three-putted anything. I think two was the most putts he'd ever do, no matter how close or far he was. And on many times, he was the farthest when we got to the green. But he was uh, he was feeling it. He spent much time on the practice green prior to our round, and he was feeling it, man. So, whatever it was you said, thank you from him. <laughs> you know, I try. Okay. You know, speaking of fast greens, 
you know, like you had them down there. Yeah. And um, the fast green scenario is pretty interesting. There's a lot of people who have trouble adapting to green speeds. What I always tell people, as a matter of fact, I've got one of my students is going to the the uh, the John Deere tournament. He's going to go play in the qualifier for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Quad Cities Open. It's a John Deere's a sponsor of that. Yeah. It's over in uh, Moline, Illinois. And uh, you know we're talking about adjusting to different green speeds with him. Mm-hmm. And so I had him out at out to Sagamore, and greens are pretty quick there. And and what I had him doing, he says they're probably going to be faster than this. I said okay. Let's start putting downhill putts and over the hump putts where you're trying to put it up the slope and then it could trickle down the slope and get it to stop at different places. It was an amazing thing for him because even though he's played professionally and even though he's been a good player, I've worked with him since he was in high school, he really had a, 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 an eye-opening experience on how to deal with something that's just going to get away from you. And all we did was make him aware of those things and how to practice for it to happen, get it under control. We spent time making sure his ball was rolling very fast down a hill so he could calibrate his hands and arms. That's what happened with Mark. He spent enough time where he could calibrate, figure out, get the feel, finally, on how fast the ball went in response to how hard he hit, and and he remembered it throughout the nine holes, and and he did good. You know the odds of a hole-in-one are one in 38,000? Because because I've, I've I've at least played maybe my hole in one's coming because I think I've played thirty five thousand four hundred and twelve. <laughs> Who knows? We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about holes in one and uh, prizes and ways that you can do stuff and uh, maybe how the best way to get a hole in one is <laughs> don't try. We're coming right back. Stick with us. We are those weekend golf guys, don't you? Mean? You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? It's very easy. Five dollar golf The number five dollar golf I've got a buddy that I play golf with on a regular basis, and we got into a two-man scramble at a very classy golf course, and he called and basically told me to wear something really nice. What he was saying was, John, don't wear shorts. Even though my shorts are Peter Moore shorts and they're really nice, he wanted me to wear long pants. This guy's a traditionalist. So what did I do? I pulled the Peter Millar five-pocket pants out of the closet and put them on. These things are so soft, so comfortable, and stylish. Not only did we look good on the golf course in the two-man scramble, which we won, by the way, but right afterwards, I went out to dinner with my daughter at a very nice restaurant. They are machine washable, so you can wear them to the golf course, you can wear them out to eat, you can wear them wherever you want to. Did I mention they were comfortable? Five pocket pants, the most comfortable pair of pants that I've really ever had. And you can say that about everything from Peter Millar, too. Their shorts are so soft. The shorts that I wear on most occasions when I play golf, well, they're great, too. Why don't you head over to PeterMillar.com slash weekend right now and check out some of our favorite Peter Millar clothing, okay? Uh, And make sure to use our link, and you will receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's right. Complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. Go now. And it is us, those weekend golf guys, John Ashton uh, in the studio, and Jeff Smith at the uh, at the Sagamore, Sagamore in Indianapolis. Did I get that right? Yes. We got another guy uh, Noblesville, from Noblesville, actually. Noblesville. Well, that's close enough to yep. Indianapolis. We got another guy from Indianapolis on too, who wants to put a, a ten thousand dollar watch around your wrist if you get a hole in one at one of his golf courses, one of which being right up there in Indianapolis. So uh, we're going to be talking with Eric Wynn from Exclusively at Nine coming up a little bit later. And a Breitling watch is none too shabby, none too shabby whatsoever. And it's for a hole in one. It's for a hole in one on a Pete Dye golf course. <laughs> That means you got some extra stuff to fight through to get your ball into the hole. Yeah, yeah. Like like land it 15 feet to the right in the rough and let it bounce. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Pete, Pete Dye has never designed a flat green in his life, has he? No, no, because he, he just knows that it'd be boring. Yeah, and even in Indiana where and, most and the of— And the grass would die. And, well, that's true. But even in Indiana where most of the ground is flat anyhow, he just trucks in dirt. To make it extra special. Yeah, he just moves it around. Yeah. Remember Take the old thing? here and push it over to there. Yeah. <laughs> Undulation. Yeah. It just sounds scary when you talk about it, putting. Undulation. 
it makes it hard to read, man. I, I know you've got this thing, and, and I keep trying to do it, and maybe your feet have more nerve endings in it than do mine, or maybe the soles of my golf shoes are thicker than are yours. I don't know. But you keep talking about reading a green with your feet. And oh, if, I do it all the time. But if, if it's, I mean, if, if it's a blatant angle, I can feel yeah. it. But if it's, it's not blatant, if it's very shallow, very s- smooth transition. Yeah. I, oh, I don't know. Maybe my inner ears don't work either. I don't know. But I, I, I don't feel it. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I'm at a loss. How about this? Fall down and see which way you roll. <laughs> uh huh. All right. You're not big on the rules of golf anyway, so well, you know, no. why not drop a ball and see which way it bounces? Yeah, you know, that just, I just feel bad. I know I'm not big on the rules, you know, most of the rules, except the stupid ones. Yeah. But, but that one, for some reason, that whole dropping the ball thing, I just, that just feels so blatantly bad. All right, then let's do something that's legal. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right. How about you do something like, let's just imagine a couple things. If I walked across a green up and, you know, from the front to the back, would I be walking up or down? And then if I walked from the side to one side to the other, would I be walking, which way would it be tilting? And then I'd figure it out right away what's happening. Okay. But walk slow enough and don't look down and then your feet will tell you stuff. And see, there, I've hooked you into using your feet. Yeah. It's that whole not looking down thing. It's kind of tough to walk not looking down. Well, you know, here's the thing, though, is when you do look down, your eyes are, you know, five feet-ish off the ground. Yeah. And they're looking downward at it, and they're giving information to your brain that says, looks pretty flat to me, boy. Well, that's, yeah, that's my problem. And then your feet, and then your feet are walking on the same surface. And they're going, no, it's not. I'm walking up a hill. <laughs> You're tilted left. You know, all you got to do is separate the senses there by putting your eyes up to the horizon and walk. And then all of a sudden your feet will tell you a lot of stuff. And you go, man, that was easy. Right. But that whole looking down thing, you just get all that it's flat stuff going in your head. and it's, it's really not. So basically, don't believe your lying eyes. Believe. There's one time you can. There's one time you can when you look at the hole from where your ball is. Mm-hmm. And if you see that one side of the cup itself, the actual circle cut in the ground, is higher than the other side, yeah. you know which side's higher. Yeah, that's true. Right? And you're going to putt it over that direction. Yeah. Because I always tell people this, John. You know, when I, the first question I ask people is, which way is this ball going to break at the hole? And they go, I don't really know. And then I say, okay, well, which side's higher? Well, the right side looks higher to me. Okay. Got it. There you We're go. Gonna aim this. I'm going to aim it right at the center. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> and I start to chuckle like that. And then I say, okay, how many use in the word dumb? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and obviously. They start to get it. <laughs> obviously, they missed the point of the whole conversation right. up to that point. Yeah. Sometimes I have to go to the length of saying, okay, so just a second ago, you told me that the right side of the hole was higher than the left. And you know that that means the ball's going to roll to the left. And then you told me you're going to aim it at the center. What are the odds of this thing going in? And then they kind of look at me and go, oh. And they do that that mental smack themselves in the head thing. You yeah. know, that face palm bit. That, oh. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And they do some of that. So then they realize just in the common sense of that, that that can't work. You know, on occasion – I know them well enough that they're honest with me and they go, I can't help but aim it at the hole. Okay, I get it. So what I tell them to do is say, I know it's going to have to start a foot and a half right of the hole. Let's keep your intentions for the ball to go to the hole, but not start there. And then they can separate it in their head. And they're like, oh, okay, good. Because they consider still aiming at the hole, even though they know it's going to break away. They'll still aim at it because their intention is for the ball to go in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I say, okay, I still want your intention for the ball to be going in the hole, but you know that in order for that to happen, you've got to aim it a little bit over here. And then they go, yeah, okay. So I said, all right, that's fine. So set up your body, set up your putter face to the where it's got to start bit. Still have your intention to be it still goes in the hole. Right. And then they can accept the difference, yeah. the fact they're no longer aiming at the hole and trying to hit it there. Right. There are differences also that we will uh, get to when we come back in – slower greens and faster greens on 
how how long it takes the ball to get there and when and and to what degree the break takes a hold of the ball um and it's much different on slower greens and faster greens and it's it's kind of counterintuitive on a fast green and it's something that helped intrepid produce a mark par six out of nine holes on the first nine we played on a very fast green course last sunday so uh, we're, we're i gonna, love that i do too uh don't just don't let me say that we're, we're gonna come right back we're all those weekend golf guys don't you move we have a small yet loyal following of junior golfers 12 to 18 year olds i want to address myself to them right now Listen, guys, girls, if you are serious about golf, there is a mom, there is a dad, there's a grandmother, a grandfather somewhere that are so psyched, but maybe they don't show it. They don't want to push, but they would love you to get involved in the game of golf. So why don't you go to them right now? Say, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, I want to get better at this game. I want to get good at this game. I want to learn from a guy who has junior champions, high school, collegiate champions. He's even got a student who's kicking butt on the web.com tour. And it only costs five bucks a month. And I can learn at my own pace. And parents are going to be able to learn from their phones, which you know they don't drop out of their hands anyway. $5golfclub.com. Join for your kids' sake. Back in the early 2000s, some department store here in town heard me talk about golf on my morning show on the radio, and they decided that they'd bring me a couple samples of Peter Millar golf shirts. I was hooked. They were absolutely phenomenal. Probably the best looking and the most comfortable golf shirts I ever had. Not only does it feel wonderful, it looks fantastic. It helps protect you from sun. It fits great. It looks great. And you can wear it anywhere. I mean, it's not just for golf anymore, guys. Peter Millar, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to Peter Millar, that's M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. Check their stuff out. I will uh, guarantee you that you'll want some. And once you get one piece, yeah, you're going to be coming back more and more and more. It's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. And if you do buy something, you're going to get free shipping and a free hat. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. Hey, it's us back again. Those Weekend Golf Guys, John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there. We've been talking about uh, punting. Going to talk to a gentleman who's going to give you a $10,000 watch if you get a hole-in-one at one of his courses and how to go about doing that. Not too shabby. Uh, right now, you have to be in Indianapolis, but they just started. So uh, they're branching out. If you've got a golf course that uh, you say, hey, that sounds like a great idea, uh, get in touch with this dude. We'll give you all that information coming up in a little bit here with those weekend golf guys. But right now, we're talking about putting. We're talking about fast greens. First off, before we get into this, though, I want to say one thing, man, that, that I have learned from you. I was watching the PGA Tournament uh, Sunday afternoon. I knew it could have been the camera angle, but I was watching this answer guy. He was set up on his tee shot, and I knew it could have been camera angle, but to me, it looked like his left foot was not lined up correctly. It looked like he had had his left foot back too far from his aiming line. And I In his golf swing or his putting? Golf swing on his, on his tee shot. Okay. And I had said to myself, this guy's going to pull that drive to the left, and he hit a booming shot. About 310 yards down the fairway and about 30 yards to the left. I go, yeah, this Jeff guy, he knows what he's talking about, man. I did that just for you to watch that particular video clip, and you could predict that I got something right. That's what I did. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> well, actually, I, you know, oddly enough, I gave a, I gave a lesson to a fellow the other day that he really needed to, uh, to turn his body a little bit more to the left. He had the aim way right thing going on too much Mm -hmm. and his body could not really make a good backswing and then also make a good forward turn toward his target because he would get behind it too much and then his body would unwind as much as it could unwind up until impact but his chest and hips were facing to the right in golf terminology closed to his target line and his left leg was in front of his right and so I talked to him about that he was somewhat blocking himself out Right. So I adjusted it. He hit the ball straight. He thought, there's no way it can be that simple. We went through the, the physiology of it. 
And again, he said, there's no way it can be that simple. I said, in many cases, you're right. But in your case, it worked out just fine. Live with and, it, buddy. It's simple. Only, that was the only factor that was screwing up his works, right? Really? Where all the other things were seemingly fitting together nicely. All the pieces, all the parts, all the, uh, I got to do this before I do that, the sequence of events, those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that seemed to fall right into play. He just had a hard time believing that it could be only one thing, and uh, it was only one thing. Oftentimes, it can be only one thing. So how you start yourself, how you settle in your body, has a huge effect on your ability to move in certain ways and in certain directions. That's true. It's very simple, and it's true. Another very simple thing that uh, you, you told us uh, last Sunday on our live show here in town, local show, was that on a fast green when you get close to the hole and the ball actually starts to slow down, it's going to break more dramatically than it would otherwise. Yeah. That is something that made sense when you stop to think about it, but you really don't think about it that way as you're setting up unless someone has told you that. And I think using that information was what helped Intrepid Producer Mark not three-putt any green on our round on Sunday afternoon. It changes where you aim. It changes how you hit. It changes everything. It sure does. Yeah. I did this really cool thing. I have a, a what they call a stimp meter. Yeah. It's a little track that many superintendents use to build their green speeds and, and, and to set their mower heights and how they treat the greens to get them to be a certain speed. So what I did is I, I grabbed one of those stimp meters, and what it does, it somewhat takes out the human element of a ball rolling toward a cup to prove a few things about aiming where there's this window of success that you can have from certain distances out based on slopes. You could feel a certain slope and you could have it in this window of aim, how the green speed affects how much it breaks. Here we are at a green speed stint meter reading of 10. And with that green reading of 10, which is a standard green speed that people consider to be pretty quick for nice golf courses that are smooth greens, and they'll roll about 10 feet is what the stimp meter reading basically mm -hmm. is. Right. And what it does, it's a little platform, a little track that you elevate it. And as soon as it rolls, it gets to a certain height, a certain pitch, and then the ball rolls out of its of a little groove that it sits in. And then it rolls out and you go across the green the middle way and, and hit a few of them and you measure out how far it rolled out. And then across the green the opposite direction and then up and downs and you kind of average the things out okay it could be like an eight going up the hill and a 12 going down the hill right right, right. so you have those things and you can kind of get the green speed so then i started to do some experiments with the putter and and with the, i mean with the stint meter and i and i rolled balls at at particular angles so that way you could see what are we doing here how about, what if I aimed two inches more to the right? Would it still go in? And what I found out was it isn't just a very specific line, but it's a very specific window at certain speeds at certain distances. It's really interesting that I could have a ball that I found a, a line that it would go in on and one three inches away from it that it would also go in on at the same speed. And, huh. and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. It is. That that makes it so much less specific for uh, for amateurs. I mean, I, I can probably hit a six-inch window. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> he, he said uh -huh. confidently. <laughs> well, I'm not suggesting that you can't hit a, a one-inch window. <laughs> I am. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that certainly it's easier to hit the six-inch window. That Def is what it is. Yeah, definitely it's, easier. Yeah. To give it a chance to go in the hole, because you remember the, the cup is four and a quarter inches wide. So if you have a good speed on it, it gives you a, a wider berth uh, of error yeah. for that ball to curl in. And oddly enough, it's, you know, about three inches wide. That is not on a lot of, on a, on a lot of putts. There's, yeah. there's some gaps there that you can really succeed with. That is so very interesting. It helps that information, and I show people it blows their mind that it's not just assume. We always used to assume one speed, one line. 
Like yeah. for every speed, there is a line. For every line, there's a speed. Yep. Well, what if you had the same speed and you had a couple different lines and they were kind of variations of each other? And next thing you know, they're still pretty close together, of course. It's not like we're talking foot apart. Yeah, sure. But, but it's amazing that they went in. Yes, they entered on different parts of the hole. Yes, one of them was a little lower and a little bit faster as it entered. And the, the one that was a little bit higher was a little bit slower as it entered, as it would make sense. But sometimes you just don't see that until you do some sort of experiment like that. Well, it's hard to do for the normal guy because they're humans and they're put, swinging a putter. Yeah. But when I've got a stint meter out, I can just lay it in a certain place. I can put it at a certain angle, and and I can set that angle to the hole, and it won't vary. Yeah, remove, Whereas a human with the putter, it'll vary quite a bit. Yeah, you, you remove the variable. You remove the variable, you prove the point. A fantastic. A guy named Eric Wynn is going to give you a very expensive watch if you get a hole-in-one on his golf course uh, or any other golf course that he deals with. We're going to talk to Eric coming up how you can go about doing that when we come right back. We all those weekend golf guys. Don't why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND Golf Guys. A lot of us are looking for a miracle. You know, we go out and we buy a $500 golf club thinking it's going to give us straighter, longer drives. We buy a $150 golf club thinking it's going to get us out of the sand traps more easily and more often. We buy $200 golf clubs just because we want to get closer to that pin. Well, you know, you don't need a $500 golf club, a $200 golf club, a $150 golf club. All you need is a $5 golf club because the problem may not be the club. It may be your grip. It may be your stance. It may be your ball position. It may be your swing plane. It could be anything that an expensive golf club is not going to fix, but a $5 golf club can fix because Jeff Smith is a genius and he will be able to guide you where you need to go. Check it out, $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs, five bucks a month. Hey, thanks for hanging. We're back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here in studio, Jeff Smith up at Timbergate. I can never remember that in Indianapolis. Also in Indianapolis, I uh, want to welcome into the program Eric Wynn, who's the CEO of exclusively at nine, which is a uh, great website. Uh, man, first off, Eric, congrats on the website, man. It's pretty. I don't know if you did it personally. No, but thank it's you. I, we've gotten a lot of good feedback, and it has to be nice when you have the, some of the partners that we have on uh, or that are interested in joining. It better look good. So <laughs> I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> well, it does look good. You got that part covered. Now, I got to tell you, if if you get anywhere around Indianapolis. You can take lessons yeah. from Jeff, or you can go over to the Pete Dye course. They're part of the uh, the Pete Dye Golf Trail, which runs all over Indiana. It's I'll get the to fort. It. The fort, of the course. Fort. It's the fort. Yeah, the fort. Is it any par three on the fort or one particular par three on the fort where you can win like a $10,000 watch if you get a hole-in-one? It's any of the par threes. Uh, it's, it's done on a daily basis. Oof. And anytime you score hole in one uh, there, and, and they normally have eight to ten a year, we're going to give you a pretty nice uh, at nine Breitling Navitimer that uh, I got the uh, Swiss uh, uh, watchmaker to exclusively make for our company. Yeah, you heard pretty right. Nice. It's a Breitling Navitimer. I mean, you can look that up. That's not something you just kind of run out and pick up on a on a whim. You know. <laughs> you know what's funny is they, um, for the first time in their history, they allowed us to make it even more exclusive and um, first time they've ever done something like this in 130 some years. So I got, pretty exciting. I want to give you all another compliment too, man, is you got your logo on the watch at the nine o'clock. Think about it. Exclusively <laughs> yeah. at nine, the name and the, the logos at the nine o'clock position on the watch face. I just wanted to point that out that I caught that and kudos for that. Whoever came up with that. That's cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's a, uh, you know, the funny thing is you take opportunity where it is. Um, Breitling decided uh, we weren't an uh, uh, aeronautical company, uh, so you couldn't, you couldn't put the logo on the face. And guess what? We decided to put it at nine, and uh, it paid a lot of dividends. I yes. can tell you guys that people are excited about 
where we place the logo and everything we have going on. Has anybody done research, Eric? Uh, first off, the odds are like one in 38,000 or whatever that you're going to hit a hole-in-one, even, mm-hmm. even if you have four chances on a peak die golf course. You know, you're lucky to hold a green on a Pete Dye golf course, right? But with those odds, and then you kind of add the thought that, ooh, if I do this, I'm going to win something really cool. That extra pressure, has the research been done to see if that makes people concentrate better on the shot or if it makes the odds even greater? No, you know, I tell you, the feedback we've gotten, uh, we just had our rollout about a week ago in – Truly, people are excited. We know there's going to be eight to ten hole-in-ones on the course. Uh, the way that we're setting this up, eventually, uh, the network we're setting up, you're just as a just as an individual, you'll be able to log in and see people playing at the at all the par threes. So, <laughs> like, there's uh, not enough pressure now, Eric. Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know, it's it's a lot of fun. But no, it's a lot of people have just been excited that they have the opportunity and. And the in the in the watch is just where we're starting. Eventually, um, millennials have told us that they're interested in travel. Uh, uh, we've had some feedback from women that they may be interested in other things other than a Breitling um, watch. So, right, right. The great news is that we have a we have a lot of uh, large companies that are interested in putting their product in this process because we know uh, that there's going to be eight to ten and we get enough courses, we're going to be uh, providing a lot of good things. So it's pretty exciting to just go to a course and, and that's out there. People are excited, actually. Not a bad idea for, for a guy from the insurance business, man. <laughs> no, nah, not a bad idea. That's, that's what I've been told. Um, you know, it's funny uh, is that without the insurance business, I couldn't have figured this out. And I've been golfing for 20 years. I mean, not any... I'm not good or anything. I just go out and, and play each year. But no, this was this was about fun and, and changing the experience. And um, there's going to be some other things. We're just starting here. There's going to be some exciting experience things that are going to happen out there yeah. as a result of the technology that, that we're using. Fantastic. Eric Wynn, exclusively at Nine CEO, our guest here on Those Weekend Golf Guys. And if you go to the Fort right now in Indianapolis, the Fort Golf Resort in Indianapolis, you can... Um, have what four i guess there are four par threes on that course four four shots at winning yes. a brightling mm-hmm. navitimer watch with a hole in one you do say here that there are plans to expand do you have anything immediate that that you can tell us about or is it just super secret we're going to have to wait no it's not super secret um we have travel companies that are interested in uh offering offering travel packages as alternatives a lot of good feedback and the research that we've done and then we have some other um high-end and just great uh retailers that are interested in and getting their products into uh, the pipeline. Uh, also, the way that food is delivered, I'll just say to you guys that when we finalize the app, you know that you both know the way food is delivered right now on a course. Well, you'll be able to tell uh, the person what hole you want the food brought to, and it'll be brought to that hole, uh, and they'll actually know where you're at on the course. There are some other things in regards to photographs of your swing on the holes and things like that that we're going to be able to do that are pretty unique and provide you those uh, at the end of each round. In case you want to take those and have them analyzed, right? Yeah. So, well, I was going to say, Jeff, it, it, it would be great if I, if I got a hole-in-one, we could play that video, and you could tell the world, <laughs> in spite of the way you swung, John, you got a hole-in-one. Yeah, that's the way to go about yeah. it right there. That's the way to do it. You know, he saw my tip on the $5golfclub.com and then got himself a hole-in-one. That was it. Yep. That's as easy as they'll, it can they'll, they'll keep playing that over and over, you know? <laughs> yeah, despite how I'm people watch. You know, the thing I like about it is it doesn't cost me any more to do this. I just have to make my tea time through your website. And I, That's I, correct. I just uh, looked it up. I could play golf right now at the fort for 65 bucks which is not too shabby for a Pete Dye golf course. No, and, and one of the things we did, we focused in on one of the best courses. It's a great course just from viewing and, and the way it looks, and they really take care of it. They've been a great partner in just what you're saying, no membership, sponsorship. I mean, it, you, you just sign up at our site, and it's included in the round. Yeah. Uh, once we figure it out, we're, we're like a third, uh, third-party tea time booking. Uh, sure. Uh, organization and we allow you to do that but you can also what's exciting to people is if they don't ever think they're going to get a hole in one they can also purchase the products because they're exclusive they're only made for us you can only get them from our site either 
through the experience, or you have to, or you can purchase them directly. So people are excited about it, especially if you're not paying anymore when you're going out and participating in this. And if you want to break down and buy one, just tell everybody you got a hole in one. (laughs) There you go. go. There you go. How how do golf courses participate? Do they uh, get in touch with you, or if, if they sit back and say, "Hey, this sounds like a pretty good deal. Maybe we could get more people to come to our course if we were dangling ten thousand dollar baubles in front of their faces." Yeah, you know what? Uh, partners and exclusively at nine, uh, it's out there on our website. Uh, we we have some of our partners listed. Uh, I know you guys have been out there to take a look at it, but that's how you get in touch with us. Right now, for the next couple months, we'll be focusing in on the Ford in. And, and finalizing all the services and the products and, 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 well, not all the products, but definitely some of the services that we're going to be providing. And they can contact us if they're interested. Um, but we're really going to focus in on having just one or two courses in, in the cities that we're actually working with. Sure. We, we want to keep this as an exclusive process. We want to make sure we put a lot of energy into those courses and really focus in on the experience that's being provided exclusively at nine.com is the website a pretty website check it out <laughs> eric, eric Wynn, ceo of exclusively at nine this is a great idea man i you know we have all been to golf scrambles where they they you know they put the car out there and uh, you know we've never won that but you know four four chances I, I imagine if you had two guys in one group they'd both get the watch right oh absolutely it's uh that's why we wanted to do it there's we don't have restrictions in regards to, uh, you know, where you're playing from. We can tell if you're playing from the proper uh, tee box and things like that. We tried to make it unobtrusive so you could just go out and do what you're going to do anyway. And it just happens to be on the court. It's fantastic. You man. know what? We tried to keep it simple. Just that. No special anything other than that's where you go and have fun and pretty much have a different experience. All right, Jeff, I'm, I'm going to meet up with you, man. We'll go out to the fort and let's get a couple of holes in one. What do you say? I think it's a great idea. I'll, uh, I'll get the first one because I don't think they pay off two, two back-to-back. I think there's probably some clause. <laughs> in the no, office. you know what? We'll, we'll do two back-to-back. It'll, um, we're looking forward to doing that. We actually have them sitting around, and, mm-hmm. and Breitling is excited about just what's happening. They see it as a new innovative way to uh, allow their products to be shown and, and, and actually uh, – get them out into the marketplace. So people are really excited. So I, I love to hear what you uh, what you guys are saying and the feedback that you're providing. We will talk to you about it, Mr. Eric Wynn, exclusively at 9.com. Let's all go up to the fort in Indianapolis and get a hole-in-one. Let's, let's all be sporting Breitling watches and just be cool. Eric, we <laughs> do appreciate your time, sir. And again, great idea for a guy in the insurance business. Uh, glad to, maybe you can go out now and, and you can practice a little more and, and get a little better. Jeff's in town. Just go take a lesson from Jeff and you'll be playing golf so much better, so much more quickly, okay? <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys, and I appreciate it. And uh, maybe I'll look up Jeff. I do need some lessons. Yep, well, there we go. can't get any better than Mr. Jeff Smith. Eric Wynn, thank you very much, sir, for hanging out with us here on those weekend golf guys. And hang out with us still. I've got a buddy that I play golf with on a regular basis, and we got into a two-man scramble at a very classy golf course. And he called and basically told me to wear something really nice. What he was saying was, John, don't wear shorts. Even though my shorts are Peter Moore shorts and they're really nice, he wanted me to wear long pants. This guy's a traditionalist. So what did I do? I pulled the Peter Millar five-pocket pants out of the closet and put them on. These things are so soft, so comfortable, and stylish. They are machine washable, so you can wear them to the golf course. You can wear them out to eat. You can wear them wherever you want to. Did I mention they were comfortable? Five-pocket pants, the most comfortable pair of pants that I've really ever had. And you can say that about everything from Peter Millar, too. Their shorts are so soft. The shorts that I wear on most occasions when I play golf, well, they're great, too. Why don't you head over to PeterMillar.com slash weekend right now and check out some of our favorite Peter Millar clothing, okay? That's PeterMillar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash weekend. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. Go now. Hey, Jeff, I got a letter, $5 Golf Club. It was addressed to you, but it came to me. But it said, Jeff, man, I took your advice from the show twice. One, you advised me to join $5GolfClub.com. I did. Two, is you advised me to buy the best ball I, I could afford, and I'm getting those Strixons, Keystars. I'm paying about 36 bucks a dozen for them. So I used to lose two balls a round, and I played a round a week. That's eight balls a month. That's $24 oh. a month. 
He said, after some of the lessons at $5 Golf Club, I'm not losing that many anymore. I lose maybe three a month. That's nine bucks. Ooh. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I think that's good math. It's good math, man. He's spending nine bucks on lost balls, five bucks on us. That's 14 bucks. He's still making a $10 profit. That's right. Go to com. listen to me, and make money. How do you like that? And it's us again, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. You know who you are, hopefully. And uh, we appreciate you being here. You know, anytime you uh, miss anything that we do, you can always look back upon us at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Uh, you can check out our latest episode uh, from the podcast, or you can um, go back in time, as they say. Uh, we've been around for uh, numerous years, even though you may have said, boy, I just heard about you guys. Where'd you come from? We've been here. Where you been? That's the question. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com, facebook.com slash golfguys. You want to follow us on Twitter? It is at WKNDGolfguys. There, there you go. In a nutshell, that is it. The shameless self-promotion portion for this segment has been handled now mr jeff yeah for most amateurs short game is the most important part because we're not going to hit a whole lot of greens in regulation we're not going to get there and what we're going to do basically is our wedges from the rough or the apron or wherever it was we got close is going to basically take the place of our first putt yeah so how do we make sure that we get it close? How how can you actually control we're happy if we just don't chunk it? But but how do you yeah. actually control the ball with a wedge, man? What's the secret? Well, clean contact is how you control what's going on. Hitting it thin is not what I call clean contact. Mm-mm. Yes, you didn't hit the dirt first. So technically, you got all ball. Right, But you didn't really hit it the way you really truly want to. As we talk about clean contact, we're talking about when the club is coming down and touches the ball, and then immediately after that, it touches the turf. So the club's coming in at at somewhat of a shallow angle into the ball and into the ground. What we get, assuming that we have cleaned our golf clubs and we have clean grooves, we get the ability to control what the ball does via the spin. Instead of having it just roll out on us every time, no matter how we don't want it or not. Right. And then we can hit our wedges as hard as we need to as soon as we learn to hit it cleanly. Mm-hmm. And that's the big deal. Catching it in the right spot. So. People ask me all the time, all right, Jeff, how do I do that? How do I set myself for that? How do I get this thing so I can hit my wedge the right distance so I can see what the spin would do, how much of it would I normally get, how much would it roll out so we can get it close? Because if it's going to take that shot, it's going to take the place of our first putt, we sure better be able to control its distance. Definitely. Here are the tips that I, I talk to people about a lot. Since the club has to bottom out just after the golf ball is being struck and we want to catch it crisp and clean that way let's set ourselves up where we have a little bit more weight on the front foot at the beginning let's make sure that our nose is in line with the golf ball the middle of the ball not don't put it behind and the reason i say that one john is because the head in and of itself carries a bunch of weight like Let's just say an adult head weighs about 25 pounds. But when you tilt your head, not only does that weight move over, but your spine tilts that way, and then your right shoulder drops because you tilted it to the right. And then the low point of your swing arc now gets behind the ball, and this is where a lot of people fail. This is why a lot of them, let's say, hit it fat, chunk it, drop kick it into it, all kinds of ways we can say it, but the club lands behind the ball. Mm Mm-hmm then you can't control how far it goes. No, not at all. So a lot of times people make mistakes by tilting their shoulders and their right shoulder gets lower than the left. So if we keep the nose in line with the ball, sometimes in the line with the front of the ball, 
we have an easier time at the landing spot. You know, like when the club first touches the ground, it lands right underneath the ball and gets lower right out in front. Mm-hmm. That downward forward blow that we're always talking about. Yeah. Having your nose out in front levels out your shoulders so that gets to move the bottom of the swing arc forward. It's a good thing. Okay. Having a little bit more weight on the left foot also helps it go that direction. That's a good thing. Also having your left thumb on the back side of the shaft, basically the left thumb over on the right side of the shaft, mm-hmm. pushing forward and downward. Oh, okay. So then you feel like, okay, I've got some pressure coming from my left thumb, moving the handle and the club more forward and downward. Oddly enough, then we take the right hand and we make sure that it's not under the club. It's on the side and even slightly on top of when we put our right hand grip on, it's essentially more on top than it is underneath. How about that? Okay. And that's also more downward and forward pressure that we're able to put on the club. And then it moves downward and forward like we want. And then what we get is nice, cleanly struck shots that we can now control the spin of the ball and now the distance of the flight and the rollout. And it is so much better. And people ask me all the time, set me up for this, set me up for this, show me how to hit this. And when I do it, they're absolutely amazed because they can control what they never could control before, Mm -hmm. distance. Let me put a caveat in here, if I may, please, sir. Yeah. You need to not only get the grip correctly, the setup, the stance correctly, but you need to practice before you can know how far you hit that wedge. Boy, is that appropriate coming from you. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were saying that preemptively. I know you were. <laughs> this whole time, I'm, I'm saying all this stuff about how to get it right, and he's going, I know what's coming. <laughs> I think I'm going to chime in here. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is you and, and take it from the voice of experience is the last thing you want to do is do everything Jeff said correctly and hit a wonderful shot that sounds good and looks good and goes about halfway as far as you wanted it to go. And you say to yourself, oh, if I had just taken a longer backswing or if I had taken a different wedge or if I had just done this differently, it would be right up there next to the pin and I still wouldn't have a 14-footer for par. Practice. Figure out what you have to do with what wedge. There you go. I'm off my soapbox now. There you go. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. John Ashton promotes practice. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Or at least suggests. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed, John, that you've made so much progress in, in your aversion to practice that you now no longer stutter. I know. I, I can say, say the, the word. word. I can Correct. say the word. Yep. That's and right. and I figure it won't be long now before I can actually do it. Not just say it. I'm working on That's that. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good day when you actually start to practice more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know you I, will you will rue the you know what's going to happen is you'll see it and you'll think I'm getting drastically better mm-hmm. because just the information alone is making you better. Right. But now you'll see it and you'll be drastically better. And then you'll look back and you'll listen to these words. They will echo in your mind forever. You'll kick yourself uh-huh. for not doing it sooner. Oh, I know. Years and years and years of frustrating golf has been in your world because of your aversion to going out and practicing something, even when you knew it was right. Yeah. Even when you knew it was right for you. Yeah. So th- I'm speaking now to everyone. Yeah, using me as an example, but the you is is the collective the you. Is, you. is speaking to everyone. Yes. Don't go through more years of frustration and and high expectations and low results. It doesn't take much practice after getting good technique and good concept. It doesn't take as much practice as what you think. No, it doesn't. But if you're doing something poorly and you have a bad concept, as in the things you're trying to do in your head, 
aren't really going to be able to produce a result that you're after anyway. That's a bad concept. Right. So listen, here's here's the bottom line, guys. Take a lesson or two or 12. Take it from a PGA teaching pro in your neighborhood, somebody that you can relate to, somebody that uh, is going to help you. If you can't find one, check out $5golfclub.com. As a matter of fact, maybe you should go there first so that you can get good enough so you won't be embarrassed to swing in front of a PGA teaching pro, which is one of the things that keeps many of us away from taking lessons. Okay, $5golfclub.com, the number five. Look at a lot of Jeff's videos. And then practice. And if you have any questions, you can call us. Always available for you through thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Any show you miss, you can always hear it through thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Saturdays, Sundays, any day on demand, we are here at, you ready? Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. See a pattern forming? Also, follow us on uh, Twitter, at WKNDGolfguys, and uh, access us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golf guys that is it we want you to a take a lesson b learn how to do it right c practice and then d go play some golf i got an email just the other day guy said john how much does it cost to join five dollar golf club Yeah, that's what I said, too. $5, hence the name, $5 Golf Club, all right? It's not just $5 to get in, and then we hit you with more. No, $5 this month, next month, and every month that you feel you need to become a member and stay a member to get to where you want to be in your golf game. Whether you want to break 100, break 90, break 80, break 70, whatever your number is, Jeff Smith has the videos there now and new videos coming every week that will help you accomplish that goal. Okay? $5golfclub.com. Use the number $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs. $5 a month. Phenomenal golf instruction at a ridiculously low price. That's us. $5golfclub.com. Okay, I'm sure you know the name Peter Millar. Peter Millar designs makes and sells the most comfortable golf wear ever. And it's not just golf wear, man. I mean, they've got pants and shorts and shirts, polo shirts and regular shirts. Like I'm wearing a performance polo right now from Peter Millar. And I've been wearing Peter Millar stuff since the early 2000s, way before they ever said, hey, we'd like to advertise on your radio show. So trust me when I tell you this, it is the most comfortable stuff you will ever find, whether you're going to wear it on the golf course, which is cool because it helps protect you from the sun or a little business lunch or networking uh, activities or whatever it is you're doing. The Peter Millar clothing is going to fit right and it's going to fit in. I want you to go over right now to PeterMillar.com. That's M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash weekend. Check out their stuff. If you use our name, which is weekend, that's PeterMillar.com slash weekend. You'll get free shipping and a free hat. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. If I were you, I'd go there right now.